Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. And welcome to the HIV podcast. No, not and, just welcome. Oh, welcome to the HIV podcast. And, and now with a bit of enthusiasm. And welcome to the... No, 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 and just welcome no. to the HIV podcast. Welcome to the HIV podcast. Beautiful. <laughs> oh, I loved that intro, Sarah. Thank you, Fraser, for yeah. introducing the podcast. Thank you very much. So that was um, Sarah's lovely other half, Fraser. Yeah, got there in the end. Hasn't he got a lovely voice to radio? Yes, but he needs to stick to the script. No <laughs> ad-libbing. Why would he be saying and? I don't know. I like it. It's like, you know, like a drum roll. And welcome to the HIV podcast. <laughs> oh, there I you go. It. I liked it. Well, thanks, Fraser. Very much appreciate that. And speaking of that, so I am now putting below every episode that we do, all the ways that you can get involved with our podcast. Um, and I'll put them on our socials as well. Um, and obviously that as Fraser has just displayed, is just one of them. Um, so you can say our intro. All you have to do is record it. Don't say and. This is going to become a thing now. And welcome yes. to the HIV podcast. <laughs> so you just have to say welcome to the HIV podcast. And if you want like Charlotte Leach last week, you can add your own little flair on it. Or you can just send us through a note saying who you are and where you're from and anything else you'd like us to say. So, you know, give yourself a little bit of hype there. There's also a new little section that we're introducing, Sarah. Is there? Yes, there is. So... Obviously, we had discussed how many people get in touch with us either with things to shout about, really happy things, or their real gripes around tons of different things to do with HIV. And it might not be quite big enough, I suppose, to put in a whole episode, or more often than not, we've already covered that in an episode. So it's not like we can go and address it. So we're going to chat about people's rants or their raves. So basically, people can send us a voice note, and it can be no more than three minutes. I know that's not long, guys. You're going to have to keep it snappy. But it's either, yeah, something that's really grinding your gears or something brilliant or someone brilliant that you'd like to rave about. Oh, if they don't want to send a voice note, can they send us an email? Yes, yeah, they can send us an email. Well, I was going to say, I can't send us an email for, say, our intro because that wouldn't work. Um, but, yeah, they can. Oh, but I'm very happy to read out the welcome to whatever on their behalf and give their name. Okay, perfect. Yeah, so feel free to email as well or drop us a DM, 
stick something in the comments or you can suggest a topic as you well know um so again same thing you can you can whatsapp us you can dm us you can comment um on our socials you can email us and so all of the contacts um will be below the podcast so please oh, brilliant do. yeah if you because this is a worldwide podcast if you want us to say welcome to the hiv podcast in your language just drop us a little note and we will butcher that language to death or, or we'll try and find someone to say it. Or how about you say it in your language and send it to us? We'd love that. Oh, yes, we will. Yeah, that's a way better idea than me reading out in my Berkshire tones. <laughs> right. So lots and lots of ways to get involved this year. Um, and please do, you know, don't hold back. I don't have any news today, Sarah. I was just telling Sarah that last week when we recorded, we recorded over an hour, an hour of... um. Footage? Is it called footage when it's not film? Also, is audio? It, we are, we are, oh, audio. Yeah, that's a better one, isn't it? You wouldn't, you wouldn't believe we're producing a podcast, would you? No. Audio. Um, yes, over an hour. And obviously this podcast rarely goes over sort of 30 minutes, so editing that down was quite the job. So I don't have news today because off we go. Well, that's thrown me now because I wasn't ready to do my bit. Oh, sorry. I suppose the news was all the ways people can get involved. <laughs> So a few weeks back, we looked at ending HIV transmissions by 2030 in the UK. And we said it's not just a UK initiative. This is a worldwide aim. And this week, we're going to look at how easy that might be to achieve around the world. Oh, OK. OK. I mean, I don't know that I actually want to do this. I was really raging after the last time we did this. Well, I had a very interesting conversation with someone. I won't mention their name because I don't have permission to. But it was someone within our sector and she made me think about 2030 in a different way. Really? Because I was saying to her, we are never going to get there. It's an impossible task. Mm. And she was saying, yes, but it's on the government agenda. So even if we don't reach zero transmissions by 2030, it's still within the government domain. They have to take notice. They've signed up to this. They're pushing this. Yeah. And it might lead to kind of different kind of strategies or, you know, maybe more funding. You never know. But if it's not on their agenda, it's not even going to be discussed. So it's like, OK, I understand it more now. OK. And they can be held to account. That's exactly it. They can be held to account. Yeah. And I hadn't I just thought, you know, I was just looking at the end goal. And that is good. Um, but my caveat to this is... Um, it's the Tories. I feel certain ways about that. And also I feel certain ways about things like look at Partygate or I don't know all the things they've managed to really fuck up. Like, so <laughs> I, I don't feel that great in the fact they might be held accountable because I feel like it would just be them maybe going, yeah, we didn't do anything. You know, like, oh my God, like, do you know what I mean? I feel like we keep having inquiries about things that shouldn't necessarily be happening. Oh, most definitely not. And now it would appear that in order for anybody to take things forward, you have to have a TV programme about it. It's not enough to have an inquiry. You have a TV programme about it. That gets you all the attention you need. Absolutely despicable. I know. I think we can all tell what Sarah's been watching. Oh, yeah. And let me tell you, I'm not happy. <laughs> I don't, do you know why it makes me say cross? I mean, the whole thing was awful. We're talking about the post office scandal and there's been a recent drama on UK television about it. Very enlightening. You know, there are other, what's the word I'm looking for? Inquiries going on. The UK blood scandal. Yeah. 
this is what I'm saying. So I, I can totally see why that makes you feel better um, that they had said, actually, hang on, this is on the government's agenda. But I have so little faith in them that it does not make me feel better. Oh, oh, and I was feeling a lot more positive about it. I was like, oh. yes, you're right. It's on their agenda and they've signed up to this and they, you know, they will be held accountable. And I'm like, oh, but yeah, look at all the other things. Grenfell, the blood inquiry or blood scandal inquiry, the post office inquiry. Oh, yeah, I know. Right. And we haven't even begun the episode yet, sir. And I've just deflated you. <laughs> you really Sorry. Can. Well, look, let's go around the world. Let's travel around the world and see what's happening there. Okay, so the 2030 initiative being led by UNAIDS and uh, they have a plan. Good to know. Just like our government do. Yeah. Uh, the World Health Organization are involved too. And I thought we'd look at the plan. It has 17 goals. We're not going to look into all of them, don't worry. But I think what it highlights is how this isn't a level playing field. So our government when they say they want to be one of the first to eliminate HIV, it's just not a fair statement because the UK doesn't have to contend with some of the issues facing other countries in the world. Yes, yeah. So we're going to look at some of the aims and then we're going to look at a couple of areas of the world to put all this into context and to highlight why some countries are being left behind. But we're going to do it over two episodes. Oh, it's a double header. It is. Okay, exciting. So firstly... A quick look at the World Health Organization website shows 600,000 people still die every year from HIV. Oh, that's, that is shocking, isn't it? It seems really high. Yeah. Yeah. But And there are reasons for this. So either they don't know that they have it or they know they have it, but they're not on treatment or treatment isn't available or they start treatment too late. Rita, backing me up there. She's not happy about this, is she? So despite an extensive list of countries signing up to the the WHO, it's the World Health Organization, but it always just makes me think of Roger Daltrey. Oh, does it? See, to me, it makes me think of the WHO's, you know, like from Dr. Seuss. No, I don't. Uh, So despite an extensive list of countries signing up to the WHO treat all model, 95% of countries were doing this in 2022. I don't know why I said 2022 like that. (laughs) And it does what it says on the tin. So the treat all model is about ensuring that people have access to medication and can start on those meds straight away. Sensible, like the plan. Very good idea. Three quarters of the countries signed up to this were able to start people on meds within seven days of diagnosis. Amazing. Yeah, that's perfect. Think of the... the, the... Oh, I can't speak. Wow. You're astonished. I've been on Zoom most of the day. I think we can see. Think about the logistics for some countries, rural communities, just getting medication to people. So that's really cool. Well done, all those countries. So they go on to say that in 2022, 1.3 million people were newly infected with HIV. And while the world has committed to ending AIDS by 2030, not ending AIDS, is it? It's ending HIV. Oh, why would they put that in there? It's funny wording. Yeah. Do other countries around the world? Well, I suppose people do still die of AIDS in other countries, don't they? Well, yeah, they must do, because obviously we just heard the stat as well about how many people die and a proportion of that must be AIDS. Mm, Yeah. Um, So while the world is committed to ending AIDS by 2030, rates of new infections and deaths are not falling rapidly enough to meet that target. And that is because one of the biggest challenges in the HIV response has remained unchanged for 30 years. 
HIV disproportionately affects people in vulnerable communities that are often highly marginalised, stigmatised and criminalised. I think we prove this all the time in our um, podcast. Yeah, I think you're probably right. <laughs> you're like, mm, do we? Well, no, no, I didn't want to just answer and go, yeah, whatever you said, I don't know. I was trying to have a good, like, uh, yeah, I think we do cover all of that. Then when we look at issues around the world, definitely. Mm. So most new HIV cases and deaths are seen in places where higher risk groups remain unaware or underserved or neglected or all of those things. Also, oh, this breaks my heart, this next thing. HIV disproportionately affects young people. And it's, again, because according to the World Health Organization, children are much less likely than adults to receive medication. Do we know why that is? Yes. So, and I'll answer that in a minute. I'll do this bit first. In statistical terms, half of children living with HIV are on medication compared to three quarters of adults. So because of that, children account for 13% of AIDS-related deaths in 2022, even though they make up just 4% of the total HIV population. I know. So that means over 60% of children not on medication are aged between 5 and 14. And in red underneath, I've written, why is this? Because I was outraged. And then you went on to answer your own question. And then I did, yes. So one of the reasons is that HIV meds have been developed for adults. And often there's not a palatable form for children. It's normally a big chunky tablet, isn't it? And it doesn't taste very nice. Oh, I see. I was just about to say, what, what's what's the difference? Like, I, I, I thought, yeah, that is not where I was thinking it was going to be different. Another reason could be there's less information on dosages for children. So bear in mind that children are more likely to be infected in countries with fewer HIV resources and in some cases, it's only been in recent years that adults in those countries have had accessible medication. Yeah. This so is they, blowing my mind. I know. I never like, thought what? of it like this before. I I, I, I I, just wouldn't think this would be a thing. You'd think, actually, everyone's priority would be to treat children, wouldn't you? No, you're right. I'd never, I've never thought about this before. And it's only when I saw that stat and I was like, oh, why? Why are they not treating the children? It's just because they don't have the resources to do it. or the type of medication that a child would find easier to take. It's that simple. And that's why it's so sad. And how will we ever get to 2030? Yeah. Unless we can address those issues. Yeah. I know. Oh, it's that's brought me down even further now. Oh. So the WHO have recommendations for what needs to happen. Right. I'm not going to lie. I found it really wordy. I have tried to simplify it uh, as much as I can. So they say use evidence-informed guidance and service delivery innovation innovation uh, to accelerate access to and the uptake of a continuum of high-quality essential services for HIV together with viral hepatitis and sexually transmitted infections and other related HIV services tailored to meet the needs of people in diverse populations and settings ensuring that no one is left behind. So, yes, yeah, that's simple. Done. Yeah. Perfect. Just like the other report, wasn't it? The whole with all their little bullet points. Yeah, perfect. Now we know yeah. what to do. That's what we've got to do. I mean, it's a little light on detail. And I agree it should happen. But how? I think that's the thing, isn't it? I don't want people to mistake us kind of sometimes, not laughing at this, but do you know what I mean? We're on board. We want 2030 to happen. We would love more than anything 
for there to be no more new HME transmissions by 2030. It just seems so un... It's just... It, I mean, yeah. We're just being honest about what we're hearing. Yes. No, I think we are. And we come at it from a service provider point of view, don't we? Yeah. Whereas presumably these are scientists and medical consultants and, you know, they're not just kind of J-blogs. These are very, very important, very educated people. But for the average Joe, like you or me doesn't really kind of transfer does it we're just like you want us to do what yeah exactly I mean they do give more guidance don't get me wrong so they suggest taking a systems orientated approach that promotes synergies with primary healthcare, health governance financing workforce commodities and service delivery they suggest gathering analyzing and using evidence and data and they also suggest engaging communities and civil society to address stigma and discrimination again it is it is light on detail, but maybe we're missing the point. Maybe it is supposed to be at that really high level and then it's disseminated and then the people on the ground pick through it and work out how they're going to do it. If well, that was... is the case, then it's not really a kind of we're all in it together. It's like we're all doing our own approach. Well, also, we can't all be in it together because every country is going to have different issues. So we, could, we couldn't be in it together. So perhaps it is so surface level so that each country can adapt it to, I don't know, what's going on with them. Yeah, I mean, I am, I'm probably selling the who short here because in 2022, the World Health Assembly agreed to the combined global health sector strategies on HIV, viral hepatitis and sexually transmitted infections for 2022 to 2030 and then requested their implementation. Right. So maybe there'll be more detail in this. So the strategies recommend shared and disease specific country actions supported by actions by who and partners. So that's more like it, I think. They want to everyone to pool resources to help specific countries and to use experts in things like epidemiology technology that kind of thing maybe this is very wordy it's too many words i'm like you know when you're sitting there looking at someone being like what are they saying it's a lot it is a lot i think we should campaign for anything to do with hiv to be written in layman's terms Oh, Simple I'd love that. English. I'd love that. Although, do you know what? We, I feel like we'd be the first people to trip ourselves up on that. I, th- I swear it was not that long ago we were talking about something and then we had to be like, oh, yeah, what does that even mean, actually, in layman's terms? But, uh, yeah, it's hard, isn't it? But, yes, I would very much appreciate that. No it, more wordy, long documents. Nothing that mentions innovation. Oh, God. What What else would you use? I don't. Well, I just don't think we need to be innovative. I think the premise is good. Look at the countries that have had successes and yeah. see how they could be used in the countries that are struggling. That makes perfect sense to me. Why reinvent the wheel? Yeah. Use what works. Or we, do we know work? who's struggling the most and who's doing the best? I mean, that makes it. Sound we will like yes. Sort of... So we will look at two areas next week, right? Where there are huge challenges, and we can then say, well, okay. What would we recommend? Well, they're probably setting us up to fail because I'm not sure there are clear-cut solutions. <laughs> I feel we're making this more complicated because we're saying, well, they need to simplify the language so that everybody knows what they're doing. Countries that are having successes need to share those with countries that aren't. But don't ask us because we don't have any solutions for any of these things based on what we're going to tell you next week. Is that clear for everyone? Marvellous. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm so lost and I'm part of this. I'm like, what's happening? <laughs> this is our worst one yet. Isn't it? I'm just like, there are so many words that my brain can't comprehend it. And now I'm just like, what, what are we doing? 
<laughs> Moving on, let's try and get to this uh, the end of this as quickly as possible. A lot of the report and the strategies is talking about inequalities, which is good. So they're highlighting inequalities in countries around the world that are struggling to meet the 2030 kind of deadline, if you like, which is good because once you look into those inequalities, I think it makes things a lot clearer. These are the huge social issues, some of which I think in I don't know, do you say Western society or in the first? I hate using that first world. I think third world sounds so derogatory. It's like third sector. It really gets on my nerves. I know. It's, yeah, I don't love those terms. But yes, I'm, I know what you mean. But in more progressive countries, maybe, they don't have a lot of these inequalities. Or if they do, they have the resources to address them much more quickly. Yeah. Well, surely some countries are literally, you know, war-torn. And this is like the least of their their worries. worries. Absolutely. So let's go and look at the goals or the challenges and it highlights the inequality in the UNAIDS plan because that might help us. So the first one is ending poverty, yeah, uh, especially for women because women are more impacted by poverty around the world. I literally thought you were just going to pause and say because women are more poor. That's when it sounded like you were going, I was like, what? <laughs> but yes, I'm with you. Yes. Well, yes, that's exactly what I was going to say, Jess, because men are more successful and powerful and rule of the world. And look <laughs> at the state it's in at the moment. That's a thing for another day. We don't have to talk about that now. Uh, what else they suggest? Uh, ending hunger. Because These will are increase- big issues that are... Huge issues. And you could, I mean, we don't have the... well. We don't have these issues here in the UK. Well, people probably disagree with that cost of living. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, I think we do, but rags. not on that same, not on the same scale. No, yeah, that's where people are having to take risks with their behaviour in order to get money to buy food, which then increases their risk of acquiring HIV. Yeah, uh, they also talk about ensuring healthy lives. So education is key. So in a lot of countries around the world, they don't have the standard of sexual health education that we have here because they just don't have the money for the resources. Yeah. And you don't they don't have billboards or, you know, national radio stations or even national TV stations sometimes. Yeah. Well, you forget just, how much things like that help with raising awareness, don't you? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, we really do. It's like very different in other areas of the world we should do a world tour Jess, just to make sure that what we're telling everybody is correct oh i'd love that uh other points they mentioned are um ensuring the quality of education so that young people understand about um how hiv is transmitted you also talk about gender equality so hiv is the leading cause of death among women of reproductive age they class that as 15 to 44 years the leading cause of death yeah around the world yes i'm just going to keep repeating what you're saying that's how the rest of this podcast is going to go <laughs> wow one of the reasons for that is that women living with uh, living with hiv often face increased violence so it's not necessarily that hiv is killing them it could be they are being killed in a violent way because they're hiv positive right okay i see what you're saying so it's not it's not always not no yeah so it's like in the more broad sense uh they talk about promoting economic growth 
Uh, and they talk about reducing inequality, which you mentioned earlier. So income inequality is linked to higher rates of HIV. So communities that face stigma and discrimination from other factors are more likely to contract HIV in some areas of the world. These are points that I have never considered. Yeah. So we know we know really well the likely reasons why people contract HIV in the UK. Yes. But in other parts of the world, it's really, really different. Um, and they can ascertain that there are communities where they don't have good access to legal advice, for example, or where they have poor literacy rates, or they don't have access to a justice system that we have in the UK, or they don't have international protection. Yeah. All of those things contribute to the inequality that they experience because of their HIV diagnosis. That's that's crazy. And I'm so naive. I just didn't look at it like this because, yeah, of course, of course there are. Surely we're never going to get to 2030 then if these countries have all of this to contend with. I don't know. I mean, they are going to monitor this. And I think it's next year, it might be the year after that they'll kind of put out some sort of this is where we're at at the moment across the world. So that would be really interesting to hear. But these are big issues, much bigger than the challenges we face in the UK. So it's sad, really. So when it comes to inequality, you know, there's there's so much work to be done, isn't there, to empower people to understand their rights, to be less fearful, to boost their self-esteem, things that you or I would go, well, that's not okay, and I'm not accepting being treated like that. doesn't happen in other parts of the world. Well, yeah, no, of course it doesn't. And you don't, yeah, I mean, there might be severe consequences if you if you choose to speak up. Another goal is to make cities safe and resilient HIV affects more people in cities and urban areas uh, than in other areas. So approximately 200 cities account for a quarter of the world's people living with HIV. I could, yeah, I could believe cities would more disproportionately affect people, right? Because you just have a higher concentrate of people. Yeah, you've got more people, haven't you? Yeah. Than in more kind of urban areas. Um, And they talk about in the report about uh, people living in slums, for example, where you need kind of social uh, transformation, need to strengthen health and social systems so you reach those most marginalised people. Because if you are living in those conditions, I think protecting your sexual health probably comes bottom of a long list of other things. Yeah. Completely understandable. Mm. Uh, The only other point to raise is that it said that the last goal was strengthen means of implementation. So collective action is needed to improve access to affordable HIV resources, medication, education, sharing knowledge, all of those kind of things. You know, like we said, don't reinvent the wheel. Yeah. We've got all the kind of knowledge and resources we need. It's how we disseminate it so that it is easy to implement in countries that have all of these other challenges. Yes. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And when we are made UNAIDS ambassadors, Jess, that's what we're going to do. I don't think they'll take me, because remember I said it was all a bit too wordy at the start. I don't think they'll want me, Sarah. No, I think based on um, the content of this episode, I don't think anybody will want us. (laughs) We're ruining chances of anything. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. But, you know, it's it's what it is, isn't it? We're here. We're we're getting through it. Yes, we are. Uh, so there you go. So as I said, it's going to be very interesting to see in 2026 how much has been 
achieve. So we can't draw any solid conclusions and say there are definitely countries around the world that are not going to hit that 2030 goal um, at the moment. But in 2026, they'll have a much clearer idea. But I think we've got a better understanding now of what a huge undertaking it is for some countries around the world, even with the support of UNAIDS and the World Health Organization. I mean, it kind of makes the UK goal look easy, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this this does look like it should be. Yeah, we should have just got this done yesterday. I mean, we, of course, we have a plethora of other issues as well, like we mentioned earlier. We touched on but a few. But yeah, I mean, that does dwarf our sort of socioeconomic issues to a certain extent. Yeah, no, it does. And, you know, like so many things, I think funding comes into it. I know I talk about funding all the time, but it's just just makes good economic sense, doesn't it? If you want to change things and um, you want to achieve kind of goals like 2030, you've got to pump money into it. You have to. People can't make it happen otherwise. I, I think it's fine that you bang on about funding. I think we all should be banging on about funding because the amount of funding that's put in almost feels a bit like how much the government care. We need to keep banging on about funding. It's just ridiculous, especially in the HIV sector. Yeah, it is. Uh, yes, and it is. And we've talked about the cuts before, haven't we? And this, they were huge, the cuts that were experienced by the sexual health clinics, by the HIV sector as a whole. Um, and that money hasn't been replaced. And yet, you know. Well, it was decimated, wasn't it? The 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 scope of like small HIV charities as well. You know, now I'm not saying there aren't services in some areas, but the services that there are, I think actually there might be some areas that don't have any services at all. Oh, I think, no, there definitely are areas that don't have. That's madness. Do you know, that's what we should do a podcast on. That's what we should do a podcast on. Which areas in the UK don't have HIV support and what can you do? Oh, people, let us know. If um, if you're in the UK and you live in an area where there is no HIV support, no HIV charity, let us know. What are you going to do? Be a part of that future episode. You can do it anonymously. You know, you can just name the county, but yes. it would be helpful. Yeah, no, that would be great. Let's definitely look at that because, as we said, it it, it closed so many support organisations down. I have thought of two areas that don't have any HIV charities, Hertfordshire oh. and Surrey. Yes, so we know that. Where do they access support? Well, maybe this is what we could look at, looking at some like national organisations that say they cover the whole of the UK so at least people can access that because because it is difficult because obviously we have to say no to people because we're only funded yeah. to support a certain area and that's really hard and I don't think people always understand that I wouldn't understand that does everyone understand like how things are funded and I know that sounds really naive and, and sort of base level but actually um a friend of mine was had a a friend of theirs was having a bit of an issue with some drug and alcohol and they had messaged me and said what is the best drug and alcohol service in the area it was the area they were in and I had to I was sort of laughed to myself because I said the best like there'll be one there is one (laughs) service that is commissioned to do that so they're the best because they're the one that there is it's not like oh there's a whole load of them do you know what I mean I don't think people necessarily always realize that but yes, let us know. Let us know if your area has no HIV support service. Yes. We can't fix it, but, you know, we can talk about it. No. <laughs> but you'll have our full sympathy if your only means of HIV support is me and Jess. I mean, yes. we're so sorry. We're doing our best, though. They're like, you're not. This episode's awful. Do you know what I envisage happened? 
So we'll get loads of messages from people in Berkshire going, uh, no, I don't have any HIV. Can you imagine? <laughs> like, right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe we're based in Berkshire and we covered the whole of Berkshire, but it's it's okay. Probably, probably. That is what's going to happen now. Oh, no, like an influx of people who just didn't realise. No. Well, at least they'll know. I'll introduce, we can introduce ourselves. Yes, we can. And they get support in person, the lucky sausages. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah, sorry, I derailed you again. We can't make an hour. So what? where are we at, Sarah? Tell me. In terms of what? The end of the episode. I'm oh, done. As it, oh, you're done. You're spent. It's through. Yes. Yes. So the last bit was just to say that, you know, it makes our goal look a lot easier, um, even though we know it's not because we've still got challenges, but not on the scale of some other countries. So next week, Jess, going to look at two areas of the country. No, not two areas of the country. Two areas of the world where they're really up against it. Oh, really? So sort of struggling to meet this target or generally up against it? Um, one area is going to struggle to meet this target and one area is really up against it. Oh, wow. Okay, this is good. So we're taking a little tour around the world because I didn't know this was going to be two episodes. This is exciting. Oh, did I not tell you? I don't know. Any chance I can get to string an episode out over two, half's my workload. You're in it. Oh, I lo- that is very true. We could, we could have made last week's two episodes. We went on for so long. That's the leech effect. It the was. leech effect. I love that. It sounds like a film. That's like the, that Charlotte Leach. It's the oh power. Gosh. That's the power she has. That is, or it's like a motivational speaking tour. Mm. It's the leech effect. She empowered us to ramble on for over an hour. She did. Well, brilliant. Well, this has been good. Has it? I don't know. <laughs> no, it has. It's been interesting. Sometimes, you know, when we do these episodes and I get to the end and I go, I'm not sure any of that actually made any sense. <laughs> See, that's how I feel. I'm like, there were a lot of words and I yes. was shocked. Yes. But I'm not sure I actually conveyed anything about 2030 around the world. Not sure. Be oh. interesting to hear the edit. Thanks for listening to the HIV podcast. If you enjoyed our podcast, please like, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can now also follow us on Instagram and TikTok at the HIV podcast for behind the scenes insights and video. The HIV podcast is produced by Thames Valley Positive Support. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.